So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Season 3, Episodes 7 and 8 of Love During Lockup. On these episodes, Jade and Chris meet at the prison powwow and smooth things over with her sister. Leticia shows off her ring and Keith is not happy about how much she spent. Renika finds out Asante's auntie is his girlfriend, but wants sex too much to confront him about it. Kirok and Brittany see a fertility specialist about options for having a baby. Andy bakes a cake for Brittany's son's birthday. And Savannah shows up to her visit with Jake with marriage papers, thinking that will convince him. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Things are going okay. I feel like I'm starting to catch up on life. And so that means catching up on our podcast. And we apologize. (laughs) Just things got so crazy this week uh, that we just, you know, weren't able to find time this week to record. So we will be covering the last two episodes of the season. And we didn't even know it was going to be the season finale. (laughs) No, we didn't. We might have thought about if we paid enough attention to the previews of the dates and things. But I was just like, yeah, did not go going into these two that it was going to be it. Yeah, I don't even think they were very clear on the dates. I mean, you know, they kept on being vague, like coming in September. And True. it's like, yeah, yeah. you have no idea. It could be the end of September. It could be the beginning of September. So let's go ahead and get started. So this was the last couple episodes of Love During Lockup. Let's talk about a couple where one is really trying to harp on that love during lockup. And that's Van and Jake. <laughs> oh, my God. yeah so savannah is shopping with her friends megan and caitlin and megan is getting married so they're going to do some bridesmaid dress shopping except savannah has decided that she's also going to buy a wedding dress for herself she thinks she's gonna show up to the prison in it and make jake marry her savannah is trying to describe what she needs and she says she needs it for tomorrow for her visit Caitlin brings up the fact that Jake says that he wants to live by himself and explore other options when he gets out in a couple of years. Megan is wondering why Savannah wants to marry him tomorrow if he might just peace out like in five years. But Savannah has rationalized that it's better that Jake is upfront about, you know, what he could potentially do uh, instead of blindsiding her with his actions later. She admits it doesn't look good, but she believes in unconditional love, so it doesn't actually bother her. Savannah vetoes a jumpsuit because it will remind him of prison. And she, uh, you know, tries on a couple more dresses. Megan thinks that this is an extreme situation. Savannah ends up picking a plain white dress that could arguably just been a regular white dress. Savannah is so nervous uh, on her way to the prison that she claims she's pooped twice. Because if you remember, she poops when she's nervous. Oh, right, right. Uh, She's wearing a veil on the ride to the prison. And uh, Savannah, she says she understands his reasons for not wanting to get married right now. But she doesn't think there's anything wrong with professing her love 80s rom-com style. And how could he possibly say no to her? Savannah thinks that she can actually convince him to say yes. She takes off the veil before she goes in because she isn't sure it meets prison protocols. We come back after the prison visit because, you know, cameras aren't allowed in there. And we see Savannah tossing a bouquet out the window as she speeds off, saying, shouldn't need that. 
Savannah tells us about the visit, which started off nicely until she showed Jake the marriage paperwork. She tells him that she signed uh, the marriage papers and now it's his turn. He says no, and they just, as she says, continues to have a great visit. Savannah says that you can't push yourself on people if it's the wrong time. And she's just starting to learn that lesson. She gets a call from Jake as she's driving off, and he seems to be in a very good mood. And he says that he can't believe she came in ready to marry him at his absolute lowest. And it actually means so much to him. He does want to marry her when he has something to offer her. He admires how she really just goes after what she wants. Savannah says they're in a good place and they'll get married someday. Savannah says she's not going to let his no today stop their relationship. Okay, so on the crazy scale, where would you put Savannah given what Jake's reaction was? Because I thought he would be way more like, I keep telling you no, why are you showing up in a wedding gown? He has been remarkably patient with what I think is absolutely batshit behavior. Like just, I mean, I guess you say given the reaction, which means I guess they found the right person to do this on because yeah mm-hmm. i would be like what the fuck is wrong with you like if you right. showed up in a wedding and like with the paperwork and the wedding dress and like how how many times and how many ways do i have to explain to you that this isn't happening right right and and it just is like like a little was like she just she bought a wedding dress to show up at prison with after he's yeah repeatedly and numerously in every single episode said, I don't want to get married while I'm in prison. Like, and yeah, it, I, I just don't get it. I don't get how I could forgive that. Cause I'm just like, to me, I'm breaking up with someone like I'm break that. That's break up right. not because I don't want to get crazy. married, but yeah, you're crazy. But yeah, but part of the part thing about crazy when I talk, when you think about like crazy partners or whatever, is that they don't listen to you and she right. is not listening to him. No, she's not listening to say no. Absolutely. It honestly, his reaction to it made me feel like this is a completely fake storyline. Mm. Um, you know, that this is all planned. Like she told him before, like, hey, I'm going to come in there and serve you with some papers and, you know, just like act like it's all good. Because, you know, I can imagine that for you know a position like this, a couple like this is they probably don't get that much money for doing the show but he's in prison some money is better than no money yeah so i'm sure he can you know play along act like he's super like into you know being asked to be married on the spot even though he said no a bazillion times gets a few thousand dollars for that like easy Right. But then then it seems to me if they're willing to do all that, why not just go one step further and pretend to be really mad on the phone? I don't know if we can be together if you're not going to listen. You know, like it's, it's, right. that's the part that's like weird to me. I, I 100% agree with you that this could that this very well could be the most manufactured storyline ever. And there's going to be like, let's make this lady look like she's – are you OK looking like you're completely marriage obsessed? And she's like, yeah, sure. Like, fine. I'll do that. Because yeah, of the, because I, the one thing we knew about her at the beginning is she's an aspiring actress. Yes. Yes, very much so. And so at the same time, it's like, but acting in what exactly? She kind of got the vibe theater mostly. And yeah. I don't know how a show like this is really going to help you in theater. Well, right. It was like she was like we saw her at the beginning doing like a, like a uh, an audition for like a Shakespeare 
play. Like, yes. I don't know, but the, I don't know, but the love after lockup is helping you lock down that role and as you like it. But yeah, no, like that is saying. not what you want as your credits in your playbill, right? <laughs> you may have seen Savannah on love after lockup. It's like, no. <laughs> right. right. Uh, I, I guess, I guess knowing. I know a lot about Shakespeare. There's there's some roles that definitely would fit into the she played a crazed person who wants to marry the man in prison. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I could I, there's there's a few roles for that. Uh-huh. Sure. Absolutely. Oh, goodness. Yeah. But yeah, I don't really get her whole situation. It does seem that she wants to go the influencer route. But quite honestly, like, he's not getting out of prison anytime soon. I do not see them making a repeat. He's the farthest away, right? He is the farthest away. Yeah. Yeah, I think he has like five years or something like that. And so it's kind of like, I don't see her as being super memorable either. Like her mm-hmm. little stunt, I think is memorable. But I'm. it's going to be one of those things where, hey, remember that the one girl who like showed up in a quote wedding dress because arguably it was just a white dress yeah, it was. It you was, know yeah. like with, <laughs> yeah with the marriage papers and be like i don't remember her name and it's like we're never gonna hear from this person again like she's not gonna be some prolific influencer like right yeah yeah Bye, and it's one of those things too it's like yeah when she showed up like with the veil it definitely looked wedding dressy but i also think yeah. she went into the prison she took the veil off as you said and she probably put yes. like a jacket on over top of it and then you're right it just Looked like a dress. It didn't like well, yeah, look definitely. particularly wedding dressy. Well, that veil is like, I'm pretty sure that's the veil you could get at a party store, you know? Oh, because it's, it's like the costume veil. veil. <laughs> it for sure is a costume veil because you could see there was like a foil, like text that said bride that was like on oh. the veil. So <laughs> it's think? definitely a bachelorette veil. It's not like a real veil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's fair, which, yeah. So, okay. So, we're calling fake on that. Let's see what else yes. you got about who may or may not be fake. Let's go with Jaden Chris. So, Jaden and her sister Jessica are on the way to this prison powwow, right? Which they've been talking about for a long time, but never really like explained exactly what it was. I was like, is everybody just meeting up? Is it like a big thing? So, apparently, in this South Dakota prison he's in, they, you know, there's a lot of Native American culture and stuff going on. So, they like basically have a big prison yard party where all the prisoners get to welcome their family and there's kind of like a Native American festival that goes on right like in the prison yard. So there's like, you know, there's there's dancing, there's singing competitions and Jade is excited because at this event, it's the only time she gets to meet with Chris while he's in prison and actually sit like next to him shoulder to shoulder and touch and not like across from the table with no touching. So she warns Jess before they get there not to start any shit and Jess promises to be on her best behavior Especially since she does want to make a good impression with Chris. It's the first time they're actually meeting. So while they're waiting outside, Jess is like – and they're waiting literally, literally in a line. Starting to freak out a little bit. She's like, wait, wait, wait. I came here and the rest of my day is going to be in prison. That's where I'm going to be for the rest of the day. This seems <laughs> more nerve-wracking. So we catch up with them after the powwow because no cameras allowed in prison. So Jess says she's much more impressed with, impressed with Chris in person but also because he gave her some presents. So in an interview, <laughs> Jess says that that powwow was probably the craziest thing she's ever experienced. There were so many people and it was it was pretty hectic. But she also says that Chris was really sweet and lovey-dovey with Jade and even feels like a little bit bad for prejudging him. So back in the car, Jade says that 
eh, things she wanted to bring up with Chris, but it wasn't really the time at the powwow. And then they pull around back to the back of the prison where they can see Chris from his cell window and they yell like a conversation at each other like, how did you have fun? It was nice to meet you. That kind of stuff. <laughs> so anyway, um, Jess kind of thinks, you know, about seeing all the other people in prison and seeing what, what it looks like on the inside of the prison. She's a little more understanding about why uh, Chris would just constantly call all the time. And she's very much like, well, what else is he going to do? Like, that's pretty much all yeah. he's got. So in the second episode, we get uh, Jade has finally made it back to an ocean where she talks to Chris on the phone. So she's sitting on the beach in full jeans, just jeans in the sand, not like jean shorts, <laughs> jeans. I just like, oh my God, your poor washing machine. So anyway, she talks to Chris about how everything is in his name, which means that he's, quote, covered um, if they get divorced, but means she could be left high and dry if, the, if, as she says, this shit hits the fan. So she wants to get him to sign a, a post-nup or something because it's clear that he doesn't want her to work. So it's not like she can, you know, say, well, if that's the case and everything's in your name, then I'll get a job and I'll make my own money. And he doesn't want that. So if she can't get something in, in writing, then she doesn't know what's going to happen. So Chris thinks this is an ultimatum and doesn't really like it at first. And he says, he, he's like, well, it doesn't matter if it's in my name. It's our house. It's our car. And he doesn't think it's it's fair. Like if she loves, if you love me, then why does whose name is on a piece of paper? Why does that even matter? So he doesn't understand how him paying for everything has somehow been turned against him. So now he's starting to wonder, wait, are you just trying to get half of my shit and play me on a divorce? <laughs> so she tells him that, well, yeah, if you're unwilling to put my name on anything, I might think I'm probably thinking about divorce. So he says he doesn't get it, but if that's what it takes to make her feel secure and, and, and feel his loyalty, then he'll do it. So he tells us in an interview that both of them can be pretty hard-headed, but she's the one for him and he'll do what it takes. So Jade then tells us about her five-year plan. She's still married to Chris. He's clean and sober and maybe they have a kid or two. Then we get the commercial segment for them, which involves her telling us how she sent, manages to sneak nudes past the prison censors oh, by <laughs> like photoshopping her boobs onto the billboards in Times Square and then just sending a picture of Times Square. And she's like, you might get a picture of my uncle in Times Square again, wink, wink. So it was <laughs> one of the more interesting things they could do. But anyway, at the end, um, doesn't seem like they're coming back for love, love after lockup. And they tell us that she's still living in the house, but hasn't yet been added to the deed. So, I mean, I think I know the flaw in Chris's logic in terms of, uh, I'll let, get what you think when he says, well, what does it matter if you love me whose name is on the deed? Well, I what don't know. Things, yeah, it doesn't. Well, because love isn't always like enough to keep a couple together. Well, yeah, that was my right. point. It was like if you're getting divorced, then she doesn't love you, and then it does right. matter whose name is on the deed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of softened a little bit, mostly because the sister softened towards Chris a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know he he must not be that terrible, but I do feel like. There's definitely an element of him trying to control, uh, mm -hmm. like, her life. And I think in a situation like that, she does need to be pretty adamant because he seemed to be somewhat responsive 
um, when she was kind of putting her foot down on what exactly she wanted. Right. And he still has a few more years, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, I think. Yeah. So that's probably why they're not going to be on this season of Love After Lockup. But maybe we'll see them again. They're a compelling enough couple. I kind of would be curious to see if he's this crazy about knowing where she is all the time and like controlling mm-hmm. who she spends time with if he's like that outside of prison then i would be like okay this is an interesting storyline but also she can't be surprised by any of that because he was like that when he was, was in prison right but i think a lot of people say well he was in prison and he couldn't keep an eye on it and you know like it'll yeah. get better when they get out of prison and then it doesn't i feel like we've seen that a few play out a few times um mm-hmm. but i don't know it's just it, it's it walks that that fine line of like it makes no sense to me the way he kind of puts it across. I want my wife to be taken care of. I don't want her to work. I don't want to do it because I feel like a certain type of man and let's just say type of man um, is like feels emasculated when their woman – when their, their partner works. Like, oh, you couldn't provide mm-hmm. for your partner. You couldn't provide for your wife. She has to work too, right? Yeah. And it's just a – fundamental disagreement that I have that seems yeah. crazy to me that I would want if I had a partner and I'd be like, like I actively want them to work. I want them to have a job. I don't want to be the only one going out and going to work. What, are you going to stay at home all day? No, get to do right. something productive. Like I don't get it. Um, yeah, it does seem weird that he doesn't want her to work when he's in prison because it's one thing to be like, well, I want you to be there all the time. Like, you know, thinking of 90 Day Fiance, yeah. Angela and Michael. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want him to work because she wants him available all the time. And I think that is kind of what he doesn't – he wants her to be available all the time for his phone calls. Mm-hmm. But also it just seems like, I don't know, another measure of control, right? Like I control the money situation because you don't have any of your own money because I won't let you work. Yes, absolutely. That And that's what I'm saying. The more nefarious interpretation is it's 100% about control. She can't leave. Yeah. If she makes her own money, she can leave. She can do something on her own. If she doesn't make her own money and I provide it all, then I have control over whether she leaves or not. And that's, a, that's definitely a control thing. And it's definitely something I don't that doesn't come into my head because I'm not interested in controlling my partner like that, right? I'm yeah. not interested in finding ways to make, well, how can I make it so she won't leave? Back that up. I'm not saying I don't care if my partner leaves, right? I do want to <laughs> find ways to make sure my partner doesn't leave by being a good partner myself and being a loving right, person who right. is like there, right? It's not in like, how can I keep her from leaving even if she wants to, right? It's not, right, it's not designed right. to my head. I know I can provide her a home and she has no – she'll basically be homeless if she like leaves, you know? It's right, like, exactly. And that's yeah. the part that was like – that I didn't – that that I don't think Jade was really <sighs> forceful or, or articulate enough about to be like, yeah, everything's in your name. So if – Things go badly and we don't want to be together anymore. You're fine and I'm not, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's what the issue yeah. is. Um, that's And that makes for a power dynamic in the relationship where I have to keep you happy and you don't necessarily need to keep me happy. Right. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to a couple that we actually will be seeing again next week on Love After Lockup, and that's Andy and Brittany. So Andy is calling Brittany and talking about her upcoming release. She asks him to bake her son a cake since his birthday is going to be the same day that she's getting released. Andy agrees, then asks her what else she wants him to pick up. She mentions various articles of clothing, and Andy tries to subtly ask if she wants any lingerie. 
But Brittany just laughs and Andy takes that as a no. <laughs> Andy's mind is on fire thinking about sex with Brittany. Andy is still on video chat when he meets up with his police officer friend, JR, to help with the shopping. JR asks her about the other guy she's been talking to, and she says that no one she she hasn't messaged anyone regularly as Andy. JR thinks that Andy needs to keep a close eye on Brittany when she gets out. Andy tells JR that Brittany won't be working when she gets out, and she'll just be working on her sobriety. Andy has been withdrawing cash from the ATM every paycheck in the amount of $1,200 that he's just going to hand over to her in cash when she gets out. (laughs) JR calls Andy a sugar daddy, and Andy just kind of says, you got to do what you got to do. Later, we see Andy is baking a three-tier cake with his son, Barry, and it's not going well as Barry is piping turds onto the top of the cake. (laughs) They call it a Frankenstein and hope that it tastes a lot better than it looks. Later, Andy is on video chat with Brittany again, who is excited to be getting out the next day. Andy is also excited to be picking her up, and he's going with his son, Barry, who is the same age as Gracie, Brittany's daughter. Andy is stuffing a bear with cash, and Barry asks why he's giving her so much money. And isn't he concerned about giving a drug addict just straight up cash? Andy relates Brittany's drug habit to his food addiction, and he thinks everything is fine. He reveals to Barry that he has spent about $6,000 on Brittany, and Barry jokes that he should be giving him the money. Andy just wants her to have a fresh start and not really rely on him, which is why he wants to give her the cash, like no strings attached, maybe. Barry video calls his sister Destiny, and he tells her about the cash. Destiny thinks it's stupid. And he might as well be single if he's just going to let her run wild and free. Destiny doesn't think that they'll actually get married. And if they do, she doesn't think it's going to last long. Destiny hopes that things do work out. But if they don't, she hopes her dad will learn his lesson. Andy and Barry hop in the car, which is completely filled with balloons. Brittany calls Andy and she tells him that he will have to pick her up down the roadway. Andy hopes that Gracie is in a better place. And if you recall from the last time we saw Gracie, she just didn't really feel comfortable around Andy. Mm -hmm. And he thinks that maybe seeing him be a dad to Barry will help with her perception of him. Gracie, they meet Gracie at the hotel and Gracie has been waiting for Andy and Barry. Gracie says that she sees Andy putting in the effort. And Andy, he just, I think he does this when he's nervous. He's just jabbering on to Barry about how excited he is. And Barry is just like literally face face planting into the bed as he (laughs) ignores his dad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think about the fact that his kids picked up immediately on Andy's crucial mistake on potentially giving a drug addict cash. Oh my God. Not only giving a drug addict cash, giving her cash and nothing to do all day long. Like you have to get a job. You have here, here drug addict, have a bunch of cash and a bunch of time. Like that's like, which is like, that's wild to me. It's like, what are the two things you need to do drugs? And it's like, you need money. And you need time. And time. (laughs) (laughs) No responsibilities. Yeah, Yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me. Like he says, like working on her sobriety. Like I understand the idea of working on your sobriety because it is work, right? Absolutely. But not the kind of work where you have to have no distractions. In fact, I think that's worse. Yeah, it absolutely is worse. Like most, most, (laughs) most recovering addicts that I've known are basically like, yeah, you really actually don't recover 
from this addiction. You just try to replace it with a different addiction as much as you possibly can, right? Which right. is why one that's healthier for you. One that's healthier for you, which is why I've seen um it's not for nothing. There's like also a stereotype of like former addicts who get like really, really into the church, right? And they become yes, super, super sure. Jesus people because they basically took all the time and energy that they put into drugs and they put it into that instead, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, you need to do something. If you're just like sitting around, like, yeah, I'm not, you don't work at your sobriety by sitting and staring really hard at the wall when you're home. Like, <laughs> mm, I don't like lifting weights or something. I don't know what she, he thinks she's going to do to work on it. You have to actually do other things to, to get not, you're obviously not going to replace the high. That's not how it works, but you have to have something to fill that time that you use to spend doing drugs. Yeah. The other thing that confused me is that he, Andy says, like, I just don't I'm giving her this cash, right? Like no strings attached because I don't want her to feel like she's relying on me. Uh -huh. And it's like this is not a never ending bucket of cash. It's, so, yeah, 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 like that doesn't make any sense to me. It's like the whole like give a man a fish, feed him for a day situation. It's like you have let it so she's not relying on you while she has this cash. What happens when she runs out of this cash? She's relying on you again because you're telling her not to get a job. It doesn't make any sense. Right, because this cash, it's 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 one of those things that's a, it's a lot of money and it's a little bit of money at the same time because it's yes, a lot of money yes. to just like randomly hand somebody when they get out of jail. Right. Like, But it's not enough money you can't to even last a month. Of, not even a month. Like, right, or invest or yeah. you know do anything that's like somewhat sustainable – it doesn't like give yeah. her the option of like, well, if she decides she's not happy with me, she can go do her own thing and be independent. No, not with not with twelve hundred no. bucks. You're not right. Yeah, and yeah. So, but it is a lot of money for just spending cash, which is why it's like, what are you doing, Andy? All up front too. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, Andy's an idiot. Yeah, yeah, he is, and like. I, I, it, His but, teenage kids know better than him at this point. Yeah. Well, and then well, the thing is too is they said like twelve hundred bucks and a phone. I was like, the phone costs an appreciable amount <laughs> compared yeah. to that twelve hundred bucks, depending on what phone he got, right? Yeah, that was the other thing that really bothered me about that whole thing. He's like sitting there almost bragging to Barry about how much money he spent on you know this person and it's like and then barry kind of makes a joke like oh you should give i'll take that money you know because mm -hmm. do you think he's giving his kids all six thousand dollars each yeah no i mean which is wild actually now that i can think about it, he doesn't spend uh, now they're grown and so i don't i wouldn't spend six, no not all of them are grown well, like barry's still in school like he's 17 oh jerry's 17 yeah that's that's kind and, of, and barry's kind the of. oldest the other ones are teenagers i'm pretty sure they're like I thought 14. one was like, no, I thought, I think Barry's the youngest. I thought the other ones were like 21 oh. and 19 or something like that. Like, or mm. 24, 19 or something like that. Somewhere in there. But like, either way, like, yeah, I, I can promise you I definitely spend $6,000 on my children. <laughs> like, like that. Sure. Now, he might be saying, well, I could use an extra $6,000, dad. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I feel like if you're – um you know, have financial obligations to your kids. Like, I just, how is spending $6,000 on someone else? You know, like, you're not committed yet. Like, it just, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. like, you don't know how this is going to turn out. It just seems like a bad investment. Because this is the this is the thing. If something were to go wrong, you know Andy's going to regret, like, spending that kind of money on her. 
Like, if you have enough money where you don't have that regret, you're like, eh, whatever. What would I have done with that money? Mm -hmm. You know, then fine. But Andy doesn't make a lot. Yeah. But the other part of it, though, is that this is something they only ask these kind of people, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I've been with the same person now for for almost, oh, my God, almost three years. Jesus. Mm -hmm. But – um. And you ask me how much have you spent on her? I'd be like, I don't know. Like I don't. I like I don't know. Like I don't have an answer for that. Um, now, granted, that's a little bit different because you know she also you know like birthday presents and Christmas presents and stuff like that. Like it's yeah. both ways. But yeah, I couldn't come up with a number. Like it would take me a right. long time to come up with a number. Yeah. Well, having to like, oh, what meals have I paid for? Yeah, and like, right. what did I get versus you get because you got me back? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. What did I say? Oh, you know, don't worry about that. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I am, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm ahead, like, to be honest. Like, and so, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's weird to be able to, but I guess it's, it's different for this because all of the money you spend when she's in prison goes to the same place. Right, it goes yeah. to that prison, that that commissary, that prison account that you said. You're like, yes, I can add up. I can look at my bank statements and look at what all I put in there. Um, but I don't know, like, what's a normal amount of money to spend on somebody over how much time? Because how long have they been together? Has it only been I think eight months? Three years? Yeah. No, I think they've been talking for three years. Three, honestly, six thousand over three years is not. I mean, I don't even know if it's a lot of money for Andy. Like, that's a that's like what. 10, 15 bucks a month. Yeah, maybe. I could do the math, but I don't want to. <laughs> okay. All right. So moving on. And like you said, we'll see them again at a, like, cause we'll Next see them week. again. Love after lockup. Yeah. Um, let's go to another one. We'll see in love after lockup. I think both of mine are, but we're going to no, start yeah. with Renika. So Renika is, starts out where, starts out in the previous episode where we saw her last, which is standing in the middle of a truck stop freaking out that Asante is not in touch and she called somebody and got like a wrong number. So she gets back on the road to go to where he was supposed to be released because she's just like, you know what? Those those people at the prison don't know what they're talking about. Sometimes they're full of shit. They don't know what's going on. I'm just going to go where I was supposed to be and we'll see what happens. So best case scenario for her is that he gets out in the morning and they go on to have a great relationship. Worst case is she gets there and he never comes out. And the second worst case is she gets there and there's some other bitch there to pick him up. <laughs> so at the hotel, she wakes up super early for the previously planned pickup. So she makes – she does her makeup and makes sure her boobs are ready and then goes to the prison, which she looks at. It's not really a prison as much as it's like a sheriff's office because he yeah. you remember he got transferred and they had to pay some sort of bond or something. She describes it as being the size of Little House on the Prairie. So the lady at the desk doesn't know who she's talking about. And she's like, well, we're releasing in an hour. So maybe he'll show up then. So she goes out to wait in the car and is still confused about what's even going on. So then we see her anxiously awaiting, waiting for a while, right? Just kind of, kind of, oh, every car that pulls in, she's looking at. So eventually a truck pulls up and a sheriff opens the back door. And look at that. It's Asante that gets out. So he get, kind of gets shuffled from the truck to into the office really quick. But he wishes he could come out right away. But that's not how it goes. Renika calls him while he's in there and he tells her that he had to leave. He uses – I guess he calls her because he uses the phone on the desk. And he said he had to leave his phone behind because remember it was a like contraband phone that he had in prison. So he didn't yeah. want to bring that with him when he was checking out. So he just left it behind and that's why she couldn't get in touch with him. So she asked him who's going to pay this bond and he uh, he's like, 
yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do some stuff about that. I haven't just, I don't have it figured out yet. So as of now, he says, Renika, you'll be on standby. So in an interview, it seems like his plan was always to have her pay it, which uh, he was like, well, why would she not pay it? She wants me out, right? That sounds good. <laughs> so we see him making a phone call, trying to call in some favors to get this bond covered. So we, that's where we pick up in the second episode. And Asante says that his auntie is going to take care of everything. And she's going to Apple pay the money to Renika. And then Renika's really excited and um, like really horny and stuff because she tells us oh, that gosh. like five times. And really not great at focusing right now. Everything's so so stressful and hectic. So once the Apple Pay comes through for not the whole amount, um, it sounds like she said I had to dip into my daughter's college account, which super responsible. Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, she, has, she has to rush to Walmart to get a money order because that's all they're going to take at the office. So she comes back in the dark and pays the bond. She's told it's only going to be like another 10 minutes. So then in the car, Renika calls Asante, As- Asante's and I'm going to put quotes on it out quote auntie to see like <laughs> what's up because you know it sounds like they're gonna go over there for dinner and she's like well you should probably start like when did you start cooking stuff like that um so in the conversation though i don't know exactly why but renika goes wait are you his auntie and the person on the phone is like no i'm his girlfriend and she's like yeah i'm talking about a like asante i'm talking about asante and then the other person is like yes la citrus and they're like, yes. And I was like, I don't know if it's a last name or what, but whatever. And she's like, yeah, right. And, and the person is like, yep, I'm their, I'm his girlfriend. <laughs> God. And like, is that some sort of problem? So Renika doesn't say what the, that it is and just kind of hangs up. So she says she's not going to let this ruin the first meeting with her man and they'll figure it all up later. So she gets out of the car and just nervously dances outside the door waiting for him to come out. Well, she nervously dances for a while. Then she just starts screaming cuss words at the door. <laughs> Finally, he emerges and she hits him. He's like, why did you hit me? Before giving him a big arms and like one of those arm and leg hugs when you jump up. So when we get some Asante interviews where he tells us he's been to prison twice and this is the last time I'm going to prison. So he's excited to interact with Renika on the outside as evidenced by him grabbing her ass while they're hugging on camera. So she says all is good right now and Renika is going to catch up to that auntie later which is presumably going to be one of the first things we see in the next season of Love After Lockout that they're on. Uh, So I'm very confused at what was happening here. Like, seriously, what the hell? in the hell? Okay, I was confused. Does the girlfriend know about Renika? Because, okay, so it was very, very hard to follow because mm-hmm. he was on the phone with someone and he definitely kind of trying to be like, oh, yeah, Nika's here. She's got the money, whatever. So it's like, is he telling each of the girlfriends that the other person is his aunt? You know, like, oh, yeah, Auntie Nika, she's over here, like, giving the money. Oh, yes. Auntie Latrisa, like, Citrus, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just, I'm so confused because i feel like he's hiding these women in plain sight if that makes sense well i mean this this one was confusing because the way vernica was talking to her she Mm -hmm. very much made it sound like they were going to her house right now like right now as soon as they left the prison and yes if you're telling this everybody's an auntie story that works until you literally drive both two of these girlfriends to the same location (laughs) 
<laughs> like at the same time. And then it's clearly going to blow up. Like that's obvious. Right. So I'm very confused about he I don't I don't think he's that dumb that he was like, oh yeah, I'll just have my girlfriends that I'm lying to about each other. We'll just meet up no, together. No, I don't and think he's, that fine. he's not that dumb either. No, what I think is happening is that there really is an ant. And he really is going to, you know, his aunt's house. And he's gotten these two girls to like split and pay for his bond. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he just says, oh, yeah, my aunt's handling it. So when she calls to like say, hey, I'm coming over like the other the Lysitris, she kind of seemed like, wait, what? So, oh, yeah, come on over because she wants to see her dude. But. I mean, she might have been surprised and like just was kind of playing along like, oh, yeah, come on over, like not realizing that that's not the aunt that they were really intending to visit. Yeah, maybe if he even intended to visit the aunt. I don't know. Maybe they got together and got numbers for people and like, I don't, I don't know. Why would you give your girlfriends each other's numbers? That doesn't make none of this makes sense. Why do your girlfriends well, know each to, other's numbers? Right? You almost have oh, to if you're going to try to send something through Apple Pay. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that, yeah, that's how that all ended up. But yeah, it just, there's so many things not good with this plan. And it seems like Asante, like, I don't know, just getting your girlfriends to go have these on your bond just seems like a recipe for disaster. They're going to find each other out. Yes. you. I mean, anytime you literally gave your one girlfriend's con contact information to your other girlfriend, that's not a good idea. That's a terrible no. idea. Um, what are you new here, Asante? Come on now. Right. Like they, there should be no – there's no connections here. What are you doing? And But it's also to me – it was also on Renika's side. Like she literally had somebody said, I'm your boyfriend's girlfriend. And her yeah. response was, we'll worry about that later. Like <laughs> – oh, That was the other infuriating part. It's like she acted like there was no girlfriend. It would be like – that would be the first thing. Uh, who is La Citrus? Like we need to – you know, figure that out. But, you know, this is like what makes me really upset about like her kind of sweeping it under the rug. It's like she is in a place where she would look like the idiot and like look really stupid if all the things that everyone has warned her about, this dude has other women, you know, you you don't know you're the only one, don't move your kids out there, spend all this money, you know, she's going to look really stupid. So she is going to tolerate this lie to save face. And it's just like, why are you doing that? I, I, I mean, I think that may be part of it, but I think another part of it is <laughs> she's trying to like, get some. well, yes, she wants to get laid before <laughs> she deals with it. Absolutely. Right. Um, but – also, I think she's also like, listen, I was right about the prison. I was like, it was a misunderstanding. They didn't know the hell they were talking about. I didn't need to freak out about it. I got it dealt with. He's here, right? That yeah. literally happened like in the previous episode, right? The yes. prison straight up told her bad information. And right. so I kind of feel like this is the same thing. She's like, that can't be right. Somebody must be mistaken. He is my man. I'm the one here to pick. I'm the one here to pick him up. Where's where, yeah. where's this where's this, this where's the citrus like I, not here I'm here right so somebody is mistaken and it's not me so we'll deal with that later right mm, I could kind of see that and so yeah, but it just it 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 seems like yeah I'm, I it but it is, also seems like yeah let's clear this up 
right away. Yes. And I think if she had more than the he's coming out right now, like if she if, and also, like you said, she's trying to get some. She's like, listen, the dick I've been waiting for for months <laughs> is here. We're dealing with that first. <laughs> then we God. can do something else. It's yeah. uh yeah. She seemed pretty uh pretty desperate. Right. Okay, uh, let's talk about Letitia and Keith. So Letitia's getting ready to go out with her cousin, Shalonda, and her aunt, Marsha, who actually isn't her aunt, it's Keith's aunt, is watching the kids so Letitia can go out. And she's excited to show off her ring to everyone. She's out with her friends talking about how expensive the ring is when Keith calls. Keith asks, is there anything she wants to tell him? And Letitia plays dumb. Keith says he knows that 15 G's are missing, and Letitia asks how he could possibly know that. And Keith says something about a secretary. Letitia then tries to lead with, but the ring looks really good. And Keith doesn't care because he just wants his money back. Letitia then says that what's his is hers and all that. And Keith tells her she's going to learn the hard way. He tells her that trust is the key to successful relationship, and she admits that's true, but tells him that he'll get over it in a few days, so he might as well let her keep the ring. He tells her that she's being selfish, and he'll just take it away if she keeps playing. Letitia teases him and says, how can he take it back if he can't even get to her? She admits that maybe she didn't do the right thing, and she probably should have waited. Letitia tells us she's terrified he'll make her take the ring back, but she's putting on a tough front for Keith, telling him that she's not taking anything back. She tries to get off the phone with him, saying that she needs to check on the kids and confront Marsha on uh, telling Keith about the ring, because it ends up that Aunt Marsha is the one who told him. Keith said that Marsha was doing her job, and Letitia says that she's really jeopardizing their marriage. Letitia tells Keith to say, I love you, but he refuses, and she's clearly shocked as he says, bye, and hangs up. Back at home, Letitia confronts Marsha, who he's the one who's Keith's secretary, about her snitching about the ring. Letitia says that she doesn't appreciate Marsha interfering because she didn't get a chance to tell him, and now it looks like she's being deceitful. Marsha says her loyalties are with her nephew Keith, so she doesn't really care. Marsha doesn't think of it as spying because everything is out in the open. Letitia thinks she's nosy and needs to mind her own business. All right. So you, then we get at the very end, you know, like a little title card that says that Letitia basically got to keep the ring and she took Keith off the business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was pretty much their storyline. Right. Um, I don't know. Like, do you think that Keith could have really done anything now that Letitia had the ring? I mean, not short of having one of his out-of-prison associates go repossess the (laughs) ring by any means necessary because I'm – that's the one thing we got from him, at least I got from him, is that he still has out-of-jail associates uh, that are running things for him. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, it literally sounded like when he called her and was like – Talked about the the ring and it was like we agreed, honey. I did. We were only going to spend ten thousand. You spent way more. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that. It was like, yo, I want my money back. You're gonna give me my money, right? It right. Like, it definitely sounded yeah. like a shakedown and not like a, a negotiation between partners. Right. It was interesting too because I was super confused because. Uh, you know, as soon as she like started to turn on Aunt Marsha, I was like, why is she getting all upset at Marsha? And then like realizing after like, oh, Marsha's the accountant slash secretary. But why does Keith need a secretary or an accountant? 
I, I mean, yeah, he needs some again. He probably needs somebody on the outside to keep track of his money, um, or because he can't do it from in there. He had to have access to the bank thing. Because it's also not. We said a bank It's not a bank. This man does not deal with banks. Oh right. right. Oh yeah. He said, I, I, I don't. I'm not the type of person who does banks or any kind of paperwork of any kind. Yeah. Yeah. Leaving so, any kind of paper trail. That's why Aunt Marsha has to be the secretary. That's why Aunt Marsha's the secretary. That money that that big wad of cash is somewhere. So Aunt Marsha's probably packing, like, first of all, like to protect oh, whatever God. he's got. Like, <laughs> and I don't know that I would mess with Aunt Marsha in that case. Um Yeah, but, but he yeah. must have like a bank account because she had to Leticia must have gotten that fifteen thousand from somewhere. No, she paid she she hmm. I got to think about how she paid for it because she put, she put it – she did put it on a credit on card. On a card. Mm-hmm. But I think it might have been her card that she might have then taken the money to yeah, pay for. From, like from she said cash. her joint account. Yeah, I guess there's an account. I just – he just he, – he, he's always been a person that's like, maybe we can work out the paperwork. And, and she's just like, no, he's not a person that does paperwork. Like, yeah. So I guess there might be – there must be an actual bank account somewhere, maybe a, a safe deposit box perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. It just is like – I don't know. They they just both – they both seem like terrible people. Like they're just awful. Like I don't yeah. like her. I don't know why she was in her brawl like this her entire either. episode. She's yeah. – yeah, she's just like – she's very, very stuck up for someone who doesn't really have anything to be stuck up about is what right. is my impression I get for her. Yeah. That actually reminds me. I forgot to do uh, power rankings. Did oh, you? Well, I did. I did remember to do power oh, rankings. Okay. Well, we could go through yours and I could agree or disagree. <laughs> okay. That's fair enough. But that's anyways. Fair. Anyways, yeah. we'll get to that when we get it. So anything else about them? The other, the other thing too is do we even know we, – we did not see – I think we have a couple people in this case like um, Jake uh, and it's, we never saw Keith's – face like actually talking no. did we no nope. only heard his voice okay and yeah. like seen pictures yes yes all right so that leaves with my last one that's Brittany and key rock so Brittany is going to meet eb to go shopping with the money that key rock gave her last episode so one of the reasons that uh she wants to go shopping with eb is to find out if he knows anything about this fight that she heard about but key rock said didn't happen so Brittany says she – but Brittany kind of hides this under uh, the – she wants to get to know EB better. It's, he, it's Key Rock's best friend. So, you know, one way to do this is let me tell you about this crazy phone call I had. Could you believe this? And then she describes what happened. So EB says that Carla, the person who gave her the information, is obsessive and makes things up in her head. So you should just trust Key Rock. Then this transitions to talking about how EB is always checking up on Brittany. Because he thinks that Brittany isn't always telling Key Rock the truth. So Brittany says, well, okay, what do you, let's get to the point here. And Brittany says that like – and then EB says – more or less accuses her of things and says, who is the person? Who are you with in Alexandria? Who are you with in Alexandria? And she's like, my friend. She's like, that's only half the time. Who are you with in Alexandria? And she's just – Brittany is not leaving any of these questions. So once Brittany leaves – to kind of like, she's like, no, I'm not answering. I'm not talking to Vince. We're not having this conversation and walks away. Once she leaves, the producers talk to EB about how he even knows that, that about Alexandria. And uh, he basically says that I live down the block. So I watch her all the time, which is 
nuts sounding. Interesting. Brit, uh, Brittany yeah. feels like she's Brittany feels like she's being attacked and insists it's hard to have a good relationship with EB if she feels like he's attacking her all the time. So Brittany says this is just an extension of the of 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 her being feel like she's being judged her whole life. And then literally gives a sob story about that, where she tells a story as she's crying. And Bernice th- thinks that, um, you know, EB doesn't have the whole story here because, you know, truth is in the eye of the beholder. Of course, she botches that big right. time when she tries to say it, you know, because of the beholder and how – The eye truth, thing. The eye <laughs> thing with beholders. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, Brittany says that there's been issues between her and Kirok and – there was a, a we were on a break issue and that everything EB is suspicious about has already been hashed out. Um, so neither of them really say what they're really – actually get to the point of saying what they're thinking. Like Brittany never actually explains herself to, to EB um, and EB doesn't really explain himself to her either. So it's not really a productive conversation. They're just going to have to wait till Key Rock comes home. So in episode two, EB takes off and Brittany is still upset about the whole situation. So she dips into the car to do a video visit with Key Rock. And straight up asks if he's having EB stalk her because that's pretty much what it sounds like. So Kirok gets that she's feeling like oppressed or whatever, but doesn't, but also says that those are the only eyes he has out here. So he's got to keep his eyes open. So Kirok says that EB has good intentions. He's just looking out for me, things like that. Brittany gets it because she talks to Carla about what's been going on on the inside with Kirok. But that weird little lie Carla told about Kirok getting in a fight has kind of taught her a lesson that they just have to stop doing that and they have to trust each other and not use spies to check up on one another. Um, so speaking of uh, that fight, they asked, she also asked if Key Rock talked to Carla and he was like, why would I? That doesn't matter. Why does she matter? Like to which Brittany is pretty much like, okay, then why does EB matter? Like what? what? So Brittany just wants to stop all this. Um, she says she wants to snip people out of her life for aren't bringing, on posit- bringing positivity. So Carla is out, but EB is not going to be out. Um, so the feed cuts off cuts off abruptly. abruptly. So then we have a complete change of gears and we see Brittany meeting yeah. with the fertility doctor. <laughs> she wants to know what her options are for having children. So she says that Key Rock has a bunch of sugar mama money, so they should be able to afford something. So the idea for them is to use Key Rock's eggs and have Brittany carry the child. So Brittany has, some, has had some reproductive health issues herself, but they might not matter because as long as her uterus is good – since they're not using her eggs or her tubes or anything, we're good to go. So while they're in the consultation, Kirok calls and he wants to know what the process looks like on his end. Unfortunately, and surprisingly to Kirok, the first step for any kind of egg harvesting is for him to come off testosterone, um, which suppresses ovarian function. And they say they can give him hormones to reactivate his ovaries, but that's going to result in feminization. Like he'll develop breasts, his voice will change, everything like that. So he says, nope, I'm not okay with that. Not that's nope. But Dr. Keefe is pretty certain that that it's not going to work if you don't do that. So there's no way to get the eggs. There's no way to get the eggs without coming off of the tea. So Kirok said he didn't realize he'd have to go back in order for this to happen. Uh, by go back, he means like retransition and then have to do a, a bunch of stuff like that. So for him, that's a complete non-starter. Not, not going to happen. So Brittany is concerned that if it's her eggs that they use instead of Key Rocks now, that they're not going to feel like they're his, that he, they're his children. He says, yes, even if they adopt, they're still going to be my kids. So she starts to cry because she had like a whole plan that's falling apart on her. But now the Key Rocks eggs are out, Brittany's reproductive health comes back into the picture. So 
the doctor warns that the, the longer it takes to do this stuff, the more expensive it's going to be. And Key Rock is kind of in a money is no option uh, mindset. So Dr. Keith leaves and they, it seems like they kind of start keep talking about it. It seems like Key Rock is more leaning towards adoption. And Brittany calls that the last option because she really, really wants to carry the baby. So Key Rock thinks we just need to pause for now and really think things over. We both got a whole lot of new information. And then at the text at the end tells us they're still making baby plans. He's still in prison. And we're going to see more of them on Love After Lockup. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to back up past the baby stuff. Like, what is she doing in Alexandria? Like, and I'll note this, like geography. Richmond to Alexandria is like hour, hour and a half apart. Yeah. Like they're not super yeah. far, but they're not super close either. I was confused by it because EB seemed to be very convicted. There's another man. I've seen another man, blah, blah, blah. And when Brittany was talking about the timeline of things, like I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about there was that time. So it's like I feel like all of this stuff could fairly easily be reconciled. But I don't know why in general, because, I mean, it's not even just their storyline. Renika and Asante, why are they just letting these suspicious things go? Like, oh, yeah. we'll figure it out later. Like, yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me because, to me, I would have thought at this point, after what you've known EBB was doing, if you had an innocent situation, right? Yeah. Then that's what you'd tell him. You'd be like, who's the yeah. other person in Alexandria? Who's the other person in Alexandria? I'd be like, it's my uncle. Shut up. Like, Right. Or yeah, it was visiting the person my I was uncle. seeing before when uh, Key Rock like, and I were broken up. I haven't right, seen them but since. If she's, but it, but the, the implication from EB seemed to be that, that, that she was still seeing him. She was still yeah. going up there, right? Yeah. And in which case it's going to be like, yeah, you could say. And you, but it, you know how she doesn't like actually clear it up. This is who it was. You're going to leave me alone now? Right. Like stop. She doesn't want to do that. She's like, no, we're not talking about this. Why well, I feel like I'm being attacked. Why are you even looking at what I'm doing? Which is super defensive and just yes. definitely entrenches EB and they're like, yep, look how defensive they're being. I'm on to something. Like I'm right. on to something. This is it. This is the thing I need to investigate. Yeah. No, I agree. And I feel like that's the reason why it's not getting resolved. I also feel like it's a little different from Runika and Asante's um, situation because I feel like Runika is the one who doesn't want to get answers yet. Mm -hmm. And so to right. me, that's like really dumb. Um, but also, like, I just I, I don't know, maybe they are, really are in the same boat because Evie doesn't seem to really be that concerned about answers either. He's just already like, oh, you're guilty, whatever. And then Brittany gives him these kind of vague excuses that aren't real excuses. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's just there's just things you don't know, which is always true. There's always things you don't know about, right? Sure. Um, but instead of explaining what the things they don't know about are, she just is like, there's things you don't know about, so you should shut your mouth, right? And yeah. it's like – and then it's especially at the end of the day, I feel like you kind of have – if if you had Kirok on your side and he was like, yeah, you're right. I'll tell him to back off. He's doing too much, right? Yeah. Then we could we could have that. But Kirok definitely does not think EB is doing too much. Right. No. I mean, honestly, these two, I feel like they're both shady. Yeah. There's they a are lot of shady things it around sounds these two. Like like EB is up her ass all the like doesn't what does EB yeah. do all day? Like because they're right. always like, Well, how did you know? He was like, I live around the block. And I was like, I live around around the block from a bunch of people that I don't know when they leave and when they right. come back. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like that, that's not, that's not, we just have, I was happened to be in the neighborhood that, yeah, 
it, it's the it, it's akin to I just happened to be in the neighborhood and I stopped by. It's like sure, sure yeah. you did. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um I guess we you have some power rankings. I do. I mean, have honestly, power I think I would have struggled with this. I completely forgot, to be honest. I'm not gonna make an excuse for it, but I feel like I would really struggle with this. Because right. they're when I'm thinking about it, they're all really terrible in their own different way. They are, they are. Like everybody has it just yeah, and some of these were just trying to some of them I have ranked up and down based on shades of the same like they're guilty of the same thing, but one person's worse. And then it's also trying to compare two different types of awful and like rank which were which one's worse. So yeah. um so for number my number one is you know best person on the season. And also the other thing that comes with the season, especially I always love during lockup, is mm-hmm. half the people we never we don't even see them. We just like hear them right. through some phone That's conversations, true. right? Yeah. Yeah. So to that end, my number one was Andy's Brittany. Oh, I would have said that too. Because she um, seems to actually care about her yeah. children. And like, you know, when she heard that Andy was not maybe the best dad, like that was like, you know, a deal breaker right. for her. For sure. For yeah. sure. And she does seem to care. She, everybody says they don't want to go back to prison, but some of them are much more believable than others <laughs> doing that. Um, she seems a little bit more believable. So my number two was um, – I will put up. I'll, let's go with this because I'll just say it that my number two and three were Jade and Chris in that order. Okay. Okay. Um, because especially at the end, it does seem like they actually care about each other. Like, yeah. As much as you know, I put Chris a little bit lower because of the more controlling, right. crazy phone calling behavior. Um, yeah. And, and so that, that's where I went with that. Um, I I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I think Jade is like I I put us I would have put Jade as number 2 as well. Um she's okay. Uh there are things that I like I don't I would never kind of be friends with a person like oh, this. No, I, I couldn't be friends right. with her. Right. She just not. seems yeah. to be too material and, you know, which is fine. It's just not my bag. So, you know, it's okay. Chris, I don't know. I, I I haven't like really thought about it. I I was very turned off by his controlling, like calling obsessively. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think I might have put him a little further down. But who did you, you have? You may have. Four? You may have. But you have to see remember yeah. who's next. So next and I could I could definitely see putting Chris below this. Next I have Jake. And Okay. Jake, very patient. Very patient with Savannah's nonsense. Um Yes. Then the only reason I have him that lower is the part where she was like, he doesn't want to get married because he wants to keep me on the hook for five years. And then when he gets out of prison, explore other women and then maybe decide then to get married. And it's like, no, yeah. like, that's not okay. Like if you want – and wait, I think we said this when it happened. It's okay if he wants to explore other women because he hasn't had it. But then you got to let this one go. Like, right, right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I don't know if I would have still – I would have put Chris above Jake. You're right. But I don't know. I think I might have even put like Keith before them. Oh, oh no. I did not agree oh, with really? that. No. Um, well, and it, we'll get to it when we get to it because I think we just thought of Keith in a, a, a very different way. Um, okay. So my next after Jake is Renika, um, which yeah. means – which is very – Telling that we're getting the person who moved her children 
uh, to a different yeah. state, like which we you know said it was bad, and the, and that's where she is. Like, and basically, it's like everybody else seemed worse to me. Um, <laughs> so we get there. Um, thoughts on that? You might, you may have had her probably lower. Actually, I think I would, would have be. because the whole like dragging your kids or you know that's it's not good. No, it's not good. So after um, Renika, I had the other Brittany, Key Rock's Brittany, because I just I feel like there's something going on there. Like she's not telling us the truth. She's not telling anybody the truth. And she couldn't show up to work on time. Like that makes me mad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I uh, Brittany, there was something about her that mm-hmm. was just super shady. I don't think she was being honest at all. I just and I also quite honestly didn't like her. And I will also no, side no, note like and say, no, why does her face look different in like every episode? Because she does heavy, heavy makeup, heavy makeup and does it differently every time. Yeah. It's like, wow, like your nose looks different. I and mean, that makes your face look different. It was very mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. And it was just, I don't know. It's, it, it's also weird to me because we didn't really talk about it when we get there. Like your relationship is rocky. You don't know if you can trust each other. Uh, you know, he doesn't trust you. Let's have let's kids. Let's have a child. Yeah. yeah. Dumb. <laughs> um, so not good. Um, so after her, that's where I put Letitia. Okay. Um, I don't like Letitia as a person. Like, I just don't like yeah. her. She annoys me. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much why. Like, I don't know that I can think of anything that she did that was uh, Try to bring her – con husband into the business she's bringing and her like con husband into the business yeah right sure. freaking out like telling everyone that this is her, the the new boss there's a new sheriff in town right only like really starts to pay attention when the lawyer says no this is not a good idea overspends on like the ring like yeah. tries to play dumb with her husband when he like finds out like, you know, and just like tries to bully her way through the situation entirely. I do not like right. this woman. No, no, I don't. I, me, I don't like her. Um, but yeah. I, I most of the people, most of the people on the season, I did not like, like as a person, like some of the people like they were entertaining and, you know, they're kind of fun, but they're a garbage person. These people were like, I don't like you. I just I don't yeah. like you. Um, like Asante, um, who is my yeah. next one. That's now my number eight um, because he's. Because as as bad as it, you know, I, I guess at the at the end of the day, it is Renika's responsibility to mm-hmm. do what's right for her children. But this guy is seems, by all accounts, to be playing this woman to the point where he was willing to let her move her children to another state yeah. just so he could get a couple a couple thousand dollars out of her. Like, yeah, that's messed up. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, he's not my favorite either. No, not great. So that was – he was my eight. My nine is Key Rock. Um, mm-hmm. Just – Key Rock seems like a nasty dude. Like nasty. Yeah. He's he's always – he's he got super defensive when it got talked about the fight. He mm-hmm. gets angry and then tries to buy her off with stuff. He's actively – and that, we didn't talk about Brittany either. Actively dating someone and actively getting money from sugar mamas. Yeah. Right? That's where all his money supposedly – comes from and like is has his people on the outside literally spying on her 24 7 yeah they are a weird shady couple like it'll be interesting to see what their vibe is on the next season yep 
yeah, so that's something. And then we have, then I have, you know, my 10, 11, 12. These last two are in there for just being completely delusional. Like they're just delusional people. And the first one's Andy. Like, oh gosh, he seemed yeah. like an awful dad, like, and yes. delusional about it. But I'm a great dad. I'm a great man. I'm just so excited. Blah, 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 blah. Also, a person I would not want to hang out with. Like, just seems annoying all the time. Um, and just get, get completely delusional about what's going on, where he stands with other people. Um, yeah. And then um, on for 11, then I had Savannah because she's definitely delusional with her crazy yeah. wedding things. And just the, and part of it is because, yeah, it was annoying and crazy that every episode with her was, well, maybe that means we can get married. I'll see if we'll yeah. get married. Like. <laughs> That's not what that means. Stop that's it. not what that means. Stop it. And then, okay, and this is where like I said it was very different because my lowest one was Keith, which if we just look at what he did relationship-wise, not too bad. However, we both seem pretty convinced that he's currently running a criminal enterprise from <laughs> <Sure>. prison. <laughs> and I'm like, that probably makes him the worst person. <laughs> I don't know. I think Asante might be too. Both of them were like – you know, seem to have connections. Yeah, and it was it was it was. Because Asante, Asante had his phone in. Remember, and Asante had like, his phone oh, he's in for prison. Sure. Right, yeah. which I, which he also just could be using to scam like women, like yeah, uh, Keith, especially. And it made it worse when he when he, I heard him about what. Why are there fifteen G's missing? Where they at? Right, and like <laughs> and her trying to be like, say I love you. He's like, click. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's just like. It was uh like definitely sounded like he was gonna send some muscle her way if she didn't rectify the situation. I was like, right. this is weird. Anyway, so that was my power rankings. Agree, you can agree or disagree. Probably it actually <laughs> sounds like we would have been pretty far off. Um, based I think on so. What we did. I think I would have put Keith a little bit higher, Savannah a little bit higher. Um, because even though Savannah is annoying AF, she is very like, annoying. There were so many of these people of, that are just annoying. Yeah. Right. In terms of like what she actually did, she didn't do anything terrible. Just stupid, right? Just stupid stuff. But mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So that goes, that leaves us to our life lesson. Um, my life lesson was primarily at Savannah because she's not coming back. Um, <laughs> and, but I think we feel like we see it a lot on the show. And it's like when someone like gives you an answer, Asking harder isn't like a way – you might get <laughs> right. what you want if you ask harder, but that is not going to make the situation better because they still don't want it. Like you have – there has to be some sort of change in circumstances before you get a – before the answer might change, right? In this case, at least the way Jake convinced her, he needs to be out of prison. Like just wait until I'm out of prison. Like – and – but – yeah, you're not going to get – you might get what you want by asking harder and harder, but that's going to long-term hurt the relationship. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, my life lesson, I'll keep it a little lighter for the last episode. Um, you know, if you're tasked with getting a cake for some kind of event <laughs> and you're going to try pull what JR and Barry pulled, like – you might as well just buy a store-bought cake. Just buy you can get cake. a really reasonably priced one at Costco. <laughs> you know I love my Costco cakes. Yeah, yeah I know. It'll turn I out know. so much better and taste so much better. Well, the thing is, is like most of the time, it, it, 
at most weddings I've been to, because mm-hmm. a the only place I've ever actually seen a tiered cake is at a wedding, right? Yeah, sure. Um, and B, most weddings I go to, you don't even eat the tiered cake. Like they have a Costco sheet cake in the back and they cut oh. up the tier first one and then you go get the thing. I said most. It's all different. But like, you know, the Costco cakes yeah. are fine. if you. But yeah, do, does Costco have many tiers though? Like I always get sheet well, cakes. Well, did they insist on having tiers? I thought that was the point. They, they were trying to make a tier cake. Oh, easy. You could easily like Frankenstein a tiered cake. I mean, it doesn't come that way, but it would have been <laughs> a heck three of a lot better than what they cakes. were doing. Put them on What's top that? of each other. Exactly. <laughs> like, buy like three different size right. cakes. Cut them a little bit like off the edges, put some dowels in it. I feel like that was what was missing from their cake. They just mm-hmm. kind of slapped yeah, three cakes on top of each yeah. other. Yeah, there was no structure in there. So you mm. got to put like have the platforms with the dowels. That's how you make a layered cake. Mm-hmm. Oh, Andy, Andy, Andy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we will be back next week to cover uh, the first episode of the next season of Love After Lockup. So we will see a few of these couples again. So until then, yes, our plan right. is to release on Monday. We don't have anything in the foreseeable future that will prevent us from doing that. So, right. Yeah, we will be back next week. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Till then. Right. Okay. Bye. Right, bye.